Episode, episode three. three, I think. Episode three. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do it. Drum roll, please. Right. Intro music. Maybe somebody will get their head out of their ass and make an intro for us. Uh, yeah, it's in the works. It's in the works. There's uh, works on the works with that working. Uh, so coming soon. Intro soon. Uh, may already be on this podcast before I release it. You never know. But uh, why don't you start out with UFC 250 there? Yeah, it was actually a pretty solid card for uh, what it was. Um, I'm not meaning anything by that. It just wasn't a very stacked card. Um, some good prelims uh, to begin with. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, didn't, I watched a few of them. I didn't watch them all. Uh, but... Three, three, four fights that stood out the most. Uh, O'Malley is a fucking uh, star in the making. Um, the way he knocked that dude out with the faint uppercut and then overhand right was just nasty. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he comes in there with rainbow colored hair. I thought I was a little six nine ish. Um, but yeah, so this is, uh, I think. His twelfth fight. Um, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, twelfth fight. Hasn't watched yet. Um, and he knocked the dude out with, with, uh, with quite a bit of. Uh, he was kind of a veteran. He wanted a, another test. From what I heard in some of the interviews, he wanted a, another test to test his skills and, and go from there but it was a really good fight the one that was kind of disappointed me was the chase hooper fight um i don't know man chase hooper i don't think should be signed to the ufc i think he should be signed to more of a developmental um league uh he did oh, fight a guy yeah. that has quite a bit of experience and he's 21 excuse me, 20 20 yeah okay yeah he's but, 20 uh, years old his uh he threw a lot of strikes that did not hit that is for sure at all at all i mean 30 percent strike rate from what i'm seeing yeah uh, he only landed 30 percent of the total strikes um his thing is takedowns man you get him on the ground and he's gonna maul you uh he's very technical on the ground but his stand-up is just i mean it's it's not there yet I guess that was his uh, which, first loss. Yeah, it was. It was his first loss. So UFC signed him to a developmental contract. I think it was three fights, and then they signed him to a new contract. Um, to I think like a new four or five fight contract or something like that. But um, it was pretty. Like I said, he's a ground guy. It was you know, he was getting punched in the mouth and pulling guard and stuff like that and. Like I said, he just needs some more experience and a little bit better stand-up. Um, the Cody Stamen fight. So the Cody Stamen fight was kind of kind of crazy because his um, – like I, I, I might be wrong, but either before the fight his brother died or before the fight – like the night before the fight his brother died. Uh, uh, Cody Stamen's a really a good fight. Cause I remember. Has it been over saying, a week? Okay. Yeah, they said it was. Uh, he's been waiting a week. I remember that at the end. But yeah, 
definitely emotional, but you can see that right there. I mean, it went all the way, too. Yeah, it went all the way. Cody State was a really good fighter. He was yeah. a, um, a college wrestler, I think, at Grand Valley State. If I'm not mistaken, he's a Michigan State um, Michigan guy. Uh, he's really good with the wrestling, and he's, and he's pretty technical. But um, going back to the to the O'Malley fight, pull his uh, pull his stats up. Um, all right. Yeah. Thirteen total I mean, he didn't, strikes. I mean, the, 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 wow. the, the fight didn't. The yeah, fight didn't last very long. But, but he landed over sixty-five percent of of his strikes. Granted, he only threw twenty of them. Yeah. But I mean, he's just a really good technical boxer. Uh, he's got great feints, uh, and for him to be so tall and linky, he has. Uh, I mean, he's got some serious knockout power. But his problem, yeah, being 5'11", 134, he's got a massive reach, though, 72 inches. But his problem is, if you look back at, at some of the reason why he hasn't been fighting up until recently, uh, is he's failed drug tests. Oh. For, yeah. like Stephen A. Smith says, you got to stay off the weed, man. Uh, so he got popped on a on a on a piss test for smoking weed. Was it uh, back in uh, back in October? Yep. Yeah, UFC. Back in October, so he didn't fight for almost two years. Yeah. Um, but he but he came back in better shape. Uh, he still looks like he smokes a lot of weed, which is I got no issues with that. Um, but I mean, he knocked that Jose uh, guy out. In the first round, two minutes into the first round, yeah, and then he knocked out a guy that's back, got. He's a first rounder. Then he knocked out a guy that's got almost forty fights under his belt. He knocked him out in the first round. So, Shano, Sugar Sean O'Malley is the um, is the is the future is the truth. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, that fight was awesome. Um, Aljamain Sterling is on. He's on a mission to go and get that belt. Yeah, he is. That was a quick... I mean, there was several first-round fights. That really sped it up. And I appreciate that, because that means I get to bed, like, right after midnight into before Yeah, come on, UFC, bro. Come on. Well, I need to make a damn... I need to send Dana White a tweet. Like, come on, man. Let's start these fights a little bit earlier. Let's do prime time. Like, when they say main no. card at 8, let's get into the your main, main four people. At eight, <laughs> yeah. and end this thing your, by eleven. Yeah, your main event not starting till you know midnight, twelve thirty. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And then it went to the the whole five rounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought. See, we had a first. See here, no, we had a first round knockout. Then it went all the rounds, and we had a first round knockout in the second round. And then I was like, okay, this one's going to go quick. You know, everyone's talking about it. And I felt like she kind of played with that girl. Like, I felt like she had her chances uh, to take her. I mean, she had six out of uh, seven. There's nobody. Look, look, before we go to the Nunez fight, that Cody Garbrandt fight, knocking him out at the buzzer oh, with just a... Yeah. 
with just the um, just a hell of a uh, I think it was a left hand or right no right hand it's on the main card um, the the Cody Garbrandt knocking him out in the in the it's the second one um, at the buzzer of the second round was just awesome awesome. I mean, he loaded that right hand up from, like, yesterday and just threw it. And he was so precise on it, too. Didn't take his eyes off of him when he hit him, followed through on it, and that dude was sleeping on the way down. I mean, it was ridiculous. Hell of a knockout. I don't know if he won fight of the night or not, but it was awesome. Hell of a fight. That's another thing. Uh, We can't even still, like... The second that last fight ended, I just went to bed. I was like, okay, I'm done. I didn't, you know, I would have stuck around if they started earlier, you know, and watched. I, uh, I actually stayed stuff. up and watched the Nunez fight. Um, well, I'll yeah. be honest with you. I don't know how Amanda Nunez has lost four fights in her career. Uh, I can tell you this right now. There isn't a single person in the UFC women's anything any weight class at all and that's kind of stupid to say but there is nobody with the talent except for maybe Shevchenko or uh uh what's her name the randomine or whatever her name is there's there's literally nobody in the UFC that can beat Amanda Nunez I'm trying to find her four losses. I'm beginning to think they just threw them up there. Just to make it, no one question it. Yeah, I don't know, but Amanda Nunez is, is a beast. She's the best. Um, Alright, here we go. Oh, she lost to Kat Zingano. Oh, wow. In 2014... March 2008, she lost her first fight is what it looks like. But this lady has not won a fight and or lost a fight in 11 rounds, or 11 fights. She's 11 and 0. That's, uh... And that's since 2014. Six years. Yeah. (laughs) She hasn't lost a fight in six years. Like I said, there's nothing really to talk about with that fight. She played with her, uh, beat the shit out of her. Um, There was nothing that... Felicia Spencer was going to be able to do to uh, beat Amanda Nunez. Everybody knew that. Um, what was the the odds going into that fight? Uh, I'm not sure if it says. I'm no, not sure. I oh, I do remember hearing because they put money on it. She was a... Minus yeah, three thirty. Someone put a million on it. Yeah. Minus three thirty. Yeah. So somebody put a million on it. So that's stupid. Um, well, he apparently won like I think it was one hundred and fifty, or something like that. It wasn't. It was bad odds, but still, he won. Yeah. A like I said, you're talking. You're talking about eight, nine, ten fights for Felicia Spencer against somebody that's fought twenty four fights. And hasn't lost in six years. Um, but she had one one loss. Yeah, Felicia. Yeah, Felicia Spencer, 
ain't got a Santana. chance in the world. She doesn't have the the stand up. She doesn't have a stand up. Amanda Nunez is a monster, and that's all there really is to it. I mean, look at her. She threw two hundred and twenty two strikes. That's over five rounds. That's crazy. Like, that's a lot of yeah. punches thrown. And she landed sixty percent of them. Yeah. She so, probably got a pedicure. Anybody, so. anybody that beats Amanda Nunez, they are literally going to have to fight a perfect fight in order to do it. In order to be her perfect fight. Um, yeah, it looks like we got a fight coming up. Yeah. Uh, back in Vegas on ESPN Plus. So. Is it what? What is it? What is Saskatoon? <clears throat> what? Why is there calling a Saskatoon? Uh, it's in Canada. Is that where Apex is? I guess. I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, I guess it was going to be in Saskatoon. It was going to be in Canada. But it's not. It's going to be in Vegas. Yeah. Looks like that's okay. definitely a Las Vegas address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Another another chick fight. Go back. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no. That yes. Jessica is good. Uh, Cynthia Cavillo is. She's. I mean, she's up and coming. Eight one one. So um, one twenty five. So a little bit lighter. Yeah, I like the lighter fights. They they fight. They throw them hands pretty quick. Um. It's crazy that Felicia Spencer was a an ex champion in Invicta. Um, is this a UFC fight night? Yeah, okay. What's the next big main card? Uh, so you got yeah, fight night, fight night. You got this Saturday, next Saturday, fight night, and you have fight night Austin the twenty seventh. Yeah, you got Blaze versus Volkov. I remember Volkov getting knocked the fuck out. Um, by Derek Lewis, I think is who it was. Uh, I don't uh, know any of them fighters, but yeah. but we can move on and into the UFC. Uh, they have a really, really major issue uh, within their organization, and I'm not talking about coronavirus either. I'm talking about <laughs> uh, them not wanting to pay their fighters. Um, okay, so. I don't know if a lot of people know how like UFC contracts work, but the way they work is you get a show money and fight and, and win money. So you get five hundred thousand to show and five hundred thousand for a win. That's just a general number. Um, John Jones over his career has made right around ten million. That is uh, criminally low for somebody that has dominated, absolutely dominated the sport of UFC. He's had some off the off the mat issues, is what I'll call them, but that doesn't warrant the UFC not paying their their number one fighter. I mean, he nobody has beat him. Uh, Daniel Cormier tried twice and got his ass whipped both times. 
the last two fights John Jones has had, it has shown his, I want to say lack of interest in these fights. Um, it's just not the, the last two fights haven't been impressive to me. Um, the Tiago Santos fight, um, I think it was Tiago, it was Tiago, yeah, the Tiago fight. He got his legs kicked in, man. He had to be carried out of the cage. He still won the fight uh, because homeboy blew his like knee in in the um, in the ring. And then you have the Dominic Reyes fight. I thought Reyes could have won that fight on the cards. The only thing that killed Dominic Reyes is the championship rounds, specifically the last round when he he slowed down. John Jones came after him, but regardless, irregardless. John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, Conor McGregor, and we could say Nate Diaz. Even though I'm not a huge fan of Nate Diaz, I think he's all hype uh, and stuff like that. Um, I just don't. But Nate Diaz didn't get paid until he faced Conor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just talk about. I think there's one reason why all this is popping off, and that is because yeah, of the, look, at, look at those numbers right because there. of the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight that brought in the seventy five million dollars for him. I mean, can you imagine if you're going around making five, seven, even nine? I think was his most so far. Uh, and that's even crazier because. Conor McGregor, yeah, he held two belts, but he didn't hold them for long. He didn't no. hold them for very long. And he got beat. He got beat by Nate Diaz. And don't get me wrong, Nate Diaz is an excellent fighter on the ground. Nate Diaz got, he beat Conor McGregor. And then Khabib went in there and mauled the shit out of him. So he's there nine and a half. John Jones hasn't lost a fight in his career. He's got one, I think, one no contest. And you're telling me now this is this is outside of this is outside of of his endorsements and stuff like that. I'm talking about somebody paying you to fight. But I mean these these numbers we're looking at right here is in twenty one like he's earned five point one million dollars in twenty one fights. The Conor McGregor and Mayweather was one night there in $75 million. That's like, crazy. And John that's Jones how much money very, the very... UFC is taking. The UFC is taking and... in boatloads of money for this right now. Dude, they, they bought the company for $2 million. Um, They bought the company for $2 million. And they sold for four billion dollars. Would it be, y'all? Four billion. They bought the company for two million and sold it for four billion. That's that's too much. What's five point one million divided by twenty one? What was the numbers again? Five point. Okay. That's two hundred an average of like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to fight. That's just the fight. That's not endorsements. That's not pay per view gate. That's not anything like that. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Conor McGregor has earned, probably earned more and less fights because he's an excellent, excellent draw on the pay-per-view. But you got your biggest guys. You got John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, who ended a guy's career, by the way. Conor McGregor. And we'll even say Henry Cejudo. Those four guys, John Jones, champion, Conor McGregor, ex-champion, Jorge Masvidal, BMF champion, Henry Cejudo, uh, champion. That's crazy. That's crazy. You got four fighters, four top-level fighters that, that can draw. Henry Cejudo, probably not. He probably doesn't draw the crowd that a John Jones fight or a Conor McGregor fight or even a Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal can talk that shit. You know who I'm surprised he can, draw, on this he list? can draw a pay per view game. Oh, there it that is. That is crazy, crazy for people to not fight. Yeah, look at that. $4.3 million. Uh, these numbers might be a little old, though. Oh, okay, year. so as of last year. Yeah, Chuck Liddell, his entire career. Only made four four point three million dollars for fighting. That's crazy, but I will say Chuck Liddell was in the beginning. UFC didn't have a ton of money uh, and stuff like that. So, but man, Nate they got Diaz eight, eight. even. Jeez. Yeah, and Nate Diaz is. <sighs> I like Nate 4. Diaz. He's he's got a hell of a heart, but. He's never going to be more than a damn trash talker. That's it. I mean, he went in there, beat Connor. Congratulations, you beat Connor. I'm just but, amazed that Rashad Evans has more money than Chuck Liddell has. But, well, Rashad I'm Evans came in. you got to understand, Chuck Liddell came, was, was in the beginning of the UFC. There wasn't yeah. a lot of money. But look at John Jones as of last year. As of last year, $5.1 million. That's crazy, and 21 man. fights. That's, that's criminal. That's criminal as fuck. And he's held the belt every time. The only I, time that he's lost the belt is when they stripped him of it. That's criminal. Dana White should be... Dana White should be shitting his pants right now to uh, have four of his top-level fighters. That's average of about 242000 a fight. Yeah, that's what I just said. Two fifty. Jeez. 250 a fight to get your head beat in. <laughs> Meanwhile, Conor McGregor goes a few rounds with, with arguably the best boxer we've ever seen and earns $75 million. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. And I can't stand watching boxing. Not that I can't stand it. It's just it's not his main stream. It's not as popular as it, as it used to be. Um, but anyways, that's UFC's got an issue and they got to fucking fix it quickly. Um, NBA coming back. Uh, what they say, Jason? Uh, I'm working on it. Oh, um, it was uh, July coming back. I know 1st. it's coming back into the month. Twenty two teams. Um. In Disney Sports Complex in Orlando, correct? Correct. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting. These are the.
looking forward to it. I think the Lakers still win it, of course. Yeah, so training camp will start June 30th and last a week. Uh, all teams will fly to Orlando on July 7th, three weeks before the start of the season, likely to have some quarantine period. Uh, so it's mandatory for 14 days, so I guess they're giving them an extra seven days. But uh, mm-hmm. looks like it's going to restart with 16 teams here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good. Um, I think uh, these players are the NBA has been especially vocal on on uh, on on the topics of, of recent news here the last few weeks, um, specifically the the BLM movement, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to to get their mind off of it and start playing again and. It's gonna be weird though. Um, it was pretty pretty sad to see Vince Carter's career end. Um, Vince Carter's career end on on not making it to the playoffs again, which I don't think he was going to anyways. But Vince Carter was a beast. Um, he played when he played for Memphis. He was a beast. When he played for Toronto, he was a monster. Um, yeah, I, I think Vince Carter was. Arguably, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. He's up there on my list. Um, I'm, I'm seeing, reading some some news. Looks like players' paychecks are going to be withheld by 25. percent That's that's crazy. Um, that goes goes right into MLB, man. They're they're dealing with a tough situation too. Um, and I think we touched on it last episode but they're still fighting for it um they've proposed the 76 game uh season which is which is okay um but it's it's all about the money for these guys they want to make their money um but what's even crazier is like all these minor league teams have basically released all their players yeah that's crazy they're starting to shut down certain minor leagues too which is yeah, I mean, how, I feel bad for you guys because, doing, you know, uh, working with a one of my employees at my my daytime job, um, played for the University of Tennessee. Uh, we were trying to get him on. He had some some schedule conflicts and stuff like that. Um, but he played for Tennessee, and um, he never never went to the minor leagues or anything like that after he graduated. He he had a family and. And decided to, to hang it up and, and go to work. But, um, you know, just talking to him, some of these guys, man, they, it's a struggle in the MLB. He told me if he could do it over again with his talent, that coming out of high school, he would have went straight to the MLB um, and just rode the farm system as long as he could to try and make it. Um, he said he enjoyed college and stuff like that, but – it's, it's pretty taxing when you get out of college and and uh, go to play minor leagues. Minor leagues is there's no money in it. Uh, you're waiting on an opportunity that use you and abuse you. Uh, I read a story a couple weeks ago um, about this guy that was on a on a minor league. It was actually the minor league team for the Mets, 
A lot of the clothes you normally take to the cleaners aren't dirty, dirty. They just need a quick refresh. Try Febreze. Um, so, yeah, it's, the, the, it's, it's crazy right now in, in MLB. That was the last sport that I thought would have any kind of conflict of getting back to playing or anything like that would be MLB. But uh, it's, it's pretty – um, pretty crazy and, and it's cool to see like like behind the scenes stuff uh if anybody goes and, and goes on twitter you guys need to go check out trevor bowers twitter handle um he's pretty vocal on would the you, behind the would scenes would you like stuff, to so spell pretty... that out for our thousands of podcast viewers no just type in trevor bauer in the search bar it's b-a-u-e-r i believe but i'm not i don't know his handle sorry um, but he spells it out, man. He spells it out. He is more of a behind the scenes kind of guy and he explains like what he sees wrong with it and, and stuff like that. It's, it's really awesome to see guys speaking out against, you know, risking their health and safety and stuff like that and the health of their families and stuff like that for a quarter of their, their paycheck. It's crazy, but I wouldn't play if I was in the MLB. It takes too long to get there and it doesn't take very long to get out. I can tell you that. But uh, the NFL, man, ooh, that's a yeah, these next two next two topics are going to be kind of touchy. They're going to be the elephant in the room, I guess we can say. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to see. It's not crazy, you know what? It's it's awesome to see. America come together for something that some people seem that, that, that they feel that it's right to come together and protest and stuff like that. It's also awesome to see when people admit that they were wrong. Right. Which is so exactly Colin, what happened. So let's go ahead and let's get to the meaty juicy story. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So Colin Kaepernick several years ago or a couple of years ago, uh, protested um and just to give everybody a backstory which you can go in fact check me if you want but colin kaepernick's protest was never about the military it was never about the flag never about the anthem um and a lot of people from both sides are making it seem like it is it made it seem like it is it's not at all uh and if you go and read about it colin kaepernick got the idea of the peaceful protest of what he did kneeling during the anthem from a military person. I want to say a Green Beret. Okay. Okay. So hot take right now. Hot take. Why does that have to be the time you take a knee? Like, why is that the time you choose? Why not? Because everybody is watching you. And look, it created conversation. You know what else? Everybody's you watching. No one else are watching when you make a big play and they interview you after the game. They're watching all the no. time. They're watching. Here, people here, are check watching it out. All the check time. it out. ABC, or I'm sorry, CBS, Fox. When they show the games, they show the national anthem, right? They don't right. show the interviews after the game, unless it's a primetime game, or the or like a four o'clock, right? They're not showing you your, your team's press conference. The only time you ever see those is if you're a fan of the team or you're a major, you know, Adam Schefter, 
uh, beat reporter, something like that. You're following your team's press conference. That's the only time. So he did it during that time because all the cameras would be on him and it would create conversation. And it, yeah, did. it did. Well, guess what? It created conversation and he lost his job. He was basically blackballed by the NFL. Uh, last week, the NFL came out, or uh, I'm sorry, a couple days ago. They came out. The NFL, Roger fucking Goodell. Everybody hates Roger Goodell. You see him during the draft, they all fucking boo him. Roger Goodell came out after several NFL players put a video together. Roger Goodell came out and said that the NFL was wrong. I think he the said NFL that like, they dealt with the players wrong. I wouldn't yeah, say that they, he said they, he so, was wrong or anybody was wrong. He just wishes the NFL, they had a better way of taking care of that. The NFL reminds me of, of a narcissist, right? Nothing is ever their fault. It's never their fault. It's always the other person's fault, and they're going to make you feel like that. The NFL actually came out and said that they were wrong. They were wrong. That's crazy news. Yeah. The only problem is it's a couple years late, and do people really take it serious? The NFL is going to have to show that they're, they're going to take this serious. Now, here's the other problem. we got a bunch of NFL teams that are run by rich-ass white dudes. Yeah, I think basketball's already learned that issue last year, didn't they? Yeah, basketball, they kicked the dude out. They kicked the owner of the Clippers out. They made him sell his team. Sell his team. And that is awesome to see somebody backtrack. Not necessarily backtrack, but admit that they were wrong. Um, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody talks about Kaepernick kneeling, and there's going to be so many people kneeling. So many of these owners are going to join in. GMs are going to join join in. There's going to be so many people kneeling. And you know is, what? I had is an this issue a with status it. symbol now, or like just like the thing you do now? Uh, yeah, probably. Is people but going to be faking? Creating, is there going to be players be that are going to use that for spotlight? Are you going to have these players? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so right now. I really don't. I hate that it's going to divide it. I wish you could do it some other damn time. And here's here's like, why I say that. Please because... do it some other time. Like, don't do it at that time. Like, what if you did it during the coin toss? It was like, okay, the coin toss, it's supposed to be fair. Jason, so this Jason, is going to be our fair Knox, time. Knox, it's not about the flag, brother. <laughs> Trust me, I had the same stance you did when this all started a couple years ago with Kaepernick. I picked up the phone and I called my dad. My dad did 20, 25 years in the Navy. And I said, what do you think about it? He said, I did not do 25 years in the Navy for me to tell somebody what to do. I don't give a shit. That's exactly what he said. He said, I'm still going to watch football. I did my time to give you the right to protest, to give you the right to kneel if you want, to give you the right to have some kind of a voice. And at that moment, I changed my whole entire stance on it. I don't care. You want to do it? Go ahead. I'm with you. I'm with Drew Brees but, on this one. So, hot take it all you want. Yeah, Drew Brees had to backtrack too. So, uh, Drew Brees came out and had a statement through Yahoo Sports or Yahoo Financial something yeah, or another. It was, but it was through yeah, Yahoo. It was weird, but it was a financial yeah. one. 
Yeah, so it was through Yahoo. Uh, he made some, some comments that, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, if you're a white person in America or in the NFL or sports or anything, you you don't know what these people go through. You don't. It, it wasn't ever about the flag. So, anyways, we'll move on from that. But Drew Brees had to backtrack, and he's 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 getting there. A lot of people call him out. A lot so of people. Looks like Wednesday he was being interviewed with uh, Yahoo Finance, which why do you take a Yahoo Finance? Like he should have known. His publisher should have been like, "You have no reason to be out there doing that right now." <laughs> yeah, well, his PR team is working overtime right now. I can oh, tell you that. Oh, yeah. I bet he's not doing um, any more interviews on any finances, huh? Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, he got he got a lot of backlash um, from it. He's kind of backtracked since then. He apologized uh, and said, you know, put out a couple statements. He actually addressed uh, the president in one of his statements. Um, but yeah, that's this is what sports has come to right now with nothing being on TV. We've come to talking about protests again, which is not a topic that we we usually like to discuss at all. This is not a political podcast by any means. Uh, I'll be honest with you, we we're both pretty young and we haven't experienced a whole lot. Some of these other people have. Um, with that being said, we are going to move on to college football. College football, there's a lot going on in college football. Uh, Iowa strength and conditioning coach getting called out. Um, Mike Norvell, new FSU head coach being called out. Uh, but the thing, so I want to touch on the Norvell topic. The thing with the Norvell thing wasn't that he had made like a racial statement or one of his coaches made a racial statement. It was – he said something in an interview. He said that he did something when he really didn't. It was kind of like a big miscommunication, misinterpretation of, of the interview. And I got to give it to Norville. That next day – or that – yeah, that next day after his star defensive tackle, Marvin Wilson, called him out, uh, he had a players uh, meeting that day at 9 o'clock in the morning to address it all. Uh, he addressed it, put out a statement. The players addressed it. Marvin Wilson put out a statement, which if you haven't seen the Marvin Wilson interview, I highly recommend going to watch it. Uh, it, it touches on a lot of good things. Um, but Iowa strict and conditioning coach, he's he gotten some heat. Uh, Jake Fromm, this is kind of an NFL college football thing. Jake Fromm with the elite white people comment. That's uh, that's that's pretty crazy for a guy that I think went undrafted. Um, that's not a good look. He was ousted on Twitter by a girl. I don't know if it was one of his ex girlfriends or a friend or 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 what. Um, Jake Jake Fromm made a mistake for sure. Um, but it's been kind of covered all these. All these topics, right? The Norvell stuff blew up like crazy, man. It made it to ESPN, and it, it wasn't even like a couple hours that it was released that it made it to ESPN. 
Um, and guess what? And everything has kind of been, you know, moved to the side when Clemson had an assistant coach use a racial slur, not at the kid, which that was, I guess, clarified today. But he he said a racial slur in front of a, a, a in front of a black athlete, one of his black players. And it was just addressed a couple hours ago in a 14-minute video from Dabo Sweeney. Mind you, this has been going on for a couple weeks now. Yeah. It was just addressed a couple hours ago in a 14-minute long video that didn't explain shit. That didn't go over anything. There is no excuse for that assistant coach to even still be employed there. So he is for sure. Yeah, he's still employed there. So that was what he explained it as. Did as they come out and That he didn't, that they didn't, well, a player ousted him on Twitter. See, that's why I love Twitter. Twitter had, Twitter's the, the end all be all, man. It's got everything from, from, from racial slurs, from kids being, you know, calling out their coaches for not saying everybody to uh, Davos Sweeney's shit being swept under the rug, which is ridiculous. It is crazy that FSU, in the last few years, have just been complete dog shit, still has more notoriety for a misinterpretation or miscommunication from an interview than Clemson has. And their assistant coach use a racial slur. The actual they use they use the N word with a coach or with, at a player, not at him, but around him. In the locker room, in front of the in whole the team. Locker, in the locker room. In the safe. Oh, you know, that's a I didn't safe see this area. One, they're saying that Sweeney used the slur in the rock in the locker room. Yeah, I thought that's what we were talking about. Former player Hamad Williams. I mean, it's crazy that that we FSU still has that more pulled than Clemson. But for Davos Sweeney to take two weeks to address the situation when it should have been addressed within a day is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. But. But. Um, UT. University of Tennessee. Boy, they are nailing it right now. They're nailing their recruits. They're nailing. Uh, nobody's out to Jeremy Pruitt. And Jeremy Pruitt's the guy on the sideline. Jeremy Pruitt's the guy on the sideline. Yanking helmets at his quarterbacks. Beating the shit out of his linemen. I mean, they're marching. They're marching. Stuff like that. Oh, and, and I'm going to go back to, to the NFL, too. Uh, my hometown, Jacksonville Jaguars, started a movement. They had uh, players and coaches came to uh, discuss some things on how they could impact the community and stuff like that. And they actually had uh, the head coach uh, and several players 
march on a peaceful protest in downtown Jacksonville. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. And then everybody else protests. followed too. So did um, anyone take a knee? Did you see? Yeah, they did actually. Um, several of, of them did. Yeah. A lot of knees. Um, but yeah, the Norvell comments, it's over with. He addressed them. That's how a head coach does it. He addresses addresses them within yeah. a day. Are you partial to this head coach at all? Am I partial to him? Yeah, do you like this head coach? I mean, there, there is a little bias. I mean, do you not see the shirt that I am wearing? I mean, there is a little yeah. biasy, but I'm not partial to racial subjects or anything like that. Uh, if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. Uh, what he did was wrong. Uh, his player called him out, held him accountable, and he addressed it with the team that that next day. Put out a um, a statement. Uh, several players put out a statement. Jaden Lars would be put out one today. That was really good. Marvin Wilson uh, addressed it in, in two videos on his Twitter. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. But we're gonna move on from that because I don't feel like talking about it anymore. Uh, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about it also. Uh, but what they got going on is a good thing. Um, but we'll move on to the sport that I don't really know anything about. Oh, what, what sport? Would I that do be? know. I, you know I, I do know that the same five to seven drivers win every race. So, um, so yeah. Really? I'll so let let's, let's floor, look back here. <clears throat> so uh, this pass weekend uh we have had the folds of honor quick trip 500 uh kevin harvick of course won that then you got brad kozlowski won it at bristol while we were gone i don't think we've done a podcast since uh brad kozlowski also won the charlotte coca-cola 600 or uh chase won the thursday night which should have been on wednesday night got rained out uh allsco uniforms 500 uh, so if you look, you can clearly count one, two, three, four, five. Come on, man! Wait a minute! Whoa, 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 whoa! Go back up. I'm counting all of up. our the different. Bush, the Bush class doesn't work. It oh, doesn't so count. oh, okay. Green, well, then my numbers the are The Blue Green Vacations here. Dual One doesn't count. Blue Green so we'll start the Daytona. Daytona exactly. 500. All right. So that yeah. gives you now, is this, Denny Hamlin, is this, Joe uh, Logano. Is this Cup or Xfinity or this what? This is Cup. Oh, if this was Xfinity, okay. it would just say Bush. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you got Denny Hamlin won the 500. You yep, got Joe Logano won in Las Vegas. Yep, you got wins Alex, all the time. Alex Bowman. Yep, it's an anomaly. Okay. Okay. Anonymously. Okay. He won out in California. Uh, oh, Joey, look, Joey Logano again. Again, Holy crap. Phoenix. Then the world stopped. Then we come back yep. to Harvick zone, apparently. Oh, look. Kevin Harvick won. That's his first race win of the year, though. Oh, okay. Well, he won. Okay. So oh, now look. Denny, Denny we are Hamlin up again. to four people. Then we had Brad, so that's five. Oh, Denny Hamlin won again. Okay, there's Brad. Then we got Chase Elliott, which will be Chase Elliott, sixth. who won, won last year, too. That's oh, look, six. it's Brad Keselowski again. Yeah. So you got several wow. multiple winners. Um, oh, and then you got Kevin Harvick again. Wow. I might go ahead and give Kevin mm, three or four more wins before this year's over. 
Uh, wow. I'm gonna give Brad Kozlowski two more, maybe maybe more, but I'm gonna give Joey four because I think Joey's really gonna put it on this year. Uh, other notable names that we don't see here: uh, William Byron did win the uh, one of the dual races. I see him getting a win in some point in here. He's gonna get a win. Another guy I see getting a win is gonna be Bubba Wallace. I see this Talladega race. They're going to, NASCAR is going to find a way to give it to him. You hear it <laughs> at first here. They're going to do something. I've seen it before. And I think I we will see it. I don't think it. so. But they did just sign so. up for what I was waiting for. At the beginning of this year, there was one segment I wanted to follow close to, and that was Pocono. Normally, I don't give a crap about Pocono, to be honest with you. But when that's they said it. that that's they the were going to do that's it, the triangle, right? Yeah, when they said that yeah. they were going to do it Saturday and Sunday, I was like, "This is going to be interesting." But then this year went crazy, and they were doing two races a week and multiple, and then all like the week races, man, like man, that was let fun. Me, let me interject into okay. that. As a as a non NASCAR fan, having a race every single freaking day was fucking awesome. I felt like every other sport at that point. Cause every every it was it was fucking that. awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. I'm and I am not like a huge NASCAR fan. I, I've watched. I can honestly say I've watched more since I've I've moved here, uh, and became friends with you. Uh, I've watched more NASCAR than I probably want to admit to. But um, what I have but noticed right now, last, it's the only thing on. So I mean, they have you. They'll have me. They usually have me until football season starts. I feel like that's one of their biggest restraints. That's another thing. Do they really need this long of a season? Do they need this long of races? I felt like Atlanta was long and boring. It lost my attention a few times. I'm a big NASCAR fan. I hate to say that, but those long runs just were getting boring. I mean, uh, yeah, and and me and you have talked off of off of the podcast before about how NASCAR can increase some of their fanfare and, and engaging in new fans and stuff like that. Uh, they got to do something to make it more competitive. I mean, the fourth place car, if I remember correctly in Atlanta was 13 seconds off the lead. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, pretty much like that. I mean, they were very spread out. Like, they needed a caution with, like, 50 laps to go just to make some excitement there. Uh, uh yeah, see, it doesn't show the, the seconds. But they, uh, I want to say Ryan Blaney, uh, Denny Hamlin-ish, that, that position was, like, 13, 14 seconds off, off the lead. You're talking about the third, uh, or fourth and fifth place cars are 13 seconds off the lead. You only had, what, 16 cars on the lead lap? You actually only had 10. Joey Logano was the last car on the lead lap. So 10 cars on the lead lap. That's ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. Uh, they got to make it more competitive. they got to make it to where the teams like Bubba Wallace, uh, Matty D., uh, some of these smaller teams actually yeah, have a chance of, of catching a guy like Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex. Look at uh, look at Joe Gibbs up here, though. You had Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, 
Jr. and Denny Hamlin top five. You didn't win the race, but you had three drivers in the top five. I mean, that's you consistency. Gotta, they gotta, you had Kevin they Harvick up there. Something. He won the race. Where does teammate finish? Eric Almirola down here in 17th. Clint Boyer in 20th. I mean, he, yeah, he carried... Left. He carried RCR for after Earnhardt. He carried it. He carried it all the way. Then now he's carrying it with Stuart Haas. That's what he's done. He has been the dominant person at whatever stable he's in. Yeah, uh, and that's fine. Everybody's going to have a dominant team. Hot take, though. I give him three years and he's retired. Yeah, I can see it. He's older. He's getting, I mean, he, um, maybe even sooner. I don't know what his contract is, but, I mean, he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Average finish right now is 5.5. That says something right there. That says a lot. How long has he been racing? Uh, since uh, 2000. years. Well, that's 2001. Wow. That would have been a cup. He's, he did Xfinity before that. But he actually came in following Earnhardt's death. He took his car. If that's so, what I'm saying. But like, going back to NASCAR's got to make it a little bit more competitive. You can't have cars 14, 13, 14 seconds off of, off of the leader. Um, you can't have 10 cars on the lead lap. You can't. I mean, you gotta. You gotta do something. I'm asking NASCAR to do something to figure out the competitiveness of of these sports. Uh, but I will say this: in the last couple of of weeks that I've watched NASCAR, uh, the two teams that have kind of stuck out to me, and I'm a small team guy. I love the small team players. Uh, I'm a big. I won't say big, but I am a fan of Bubba Wallace because he speaks his mind. And he rage quits on video games. Simulators. Uh, and then, simulators. Yeah, simulators. Whatever. Video game simulator, whatever. Simulators. Um, he rage quits because he doesn't like them. Um, but him and uh, the Matty D, Wood Brothers. I'm a big fan of Matty D when he got – I became a fan of, of Matt when he got ran down by Denny Hamlin at Bristol last year. I was actually at that race. Um, and he was fighting for a ride somewhere. He finished one even though they down. finished, even though they finished twenty first and twenty fifth, they were they were running up there in the top fifteen, both of them, for a little while. They just can't. They're they're not able to put it together uh, to to get in like a top ten or or something like that. They just they just haven't figured out the back half of a race. Like they just haven't figured out how to save their equipment long enough. Right. And then also another thing is drivers get tired. Let's talk about Bubba when he got out of the race. Uh, Holy crap. That's a perfect example of what can happen when you sit in these ovens. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson, you know, he's known for his workout regimen and all that. He wears uh, Apple Watch and it tracks him and he gets all sorts of crazy data. I think I mean they get. They let him wear. They let him wear an Apple Watch. Yeah, they're letting other drivers, I believe, because if you notice before pre-race, in some of the driver cams, you'll see them 
messing with their watch before they take off. Like I guess setting huh, some setting some analytics on it, but uh, it gives them a lot of good feedback, and a lot of doctors use it. And uh, especially if you get in a wreck, that is great data to have on your heartbeat, uh, g forces. Uh, there's all was, sorts of data they can get out of that. <laughs> watching Bubba get out of his car and, and going through what he went through, man, it that was crazy, especially during the interview where he just kind of just went almost limp. Oh, completely. Uh, like, you thought, man, it, you thought it you like saw he was the bad part. Like, like, you were like, okay, I saw the bad part. He's sitting up. He's doing well. They're going to interview him and make everyone feel better. Then at the end, like, yeah. they didn't even know when to cut. Like, he fell over, and, like, they were still filming when you heard, get get uh, medics, you know? You heard yeah, people hollering. It was, it was pretty crazy, but uh, I can I can attest to uh, how hot it was on Sunday. I was out on the lake, uh, and it was extremely hot. And we are north uh, of Atlanta. And we're north of Atlanta, and it so registered in my truck at, like, 92, 93. Um degrees it was it was hot it was a hot one so yeah it's pretty crazy um uh, also ryan newman i saw him sitting down out of his car he just looked extremely exhausted from from racing uh, yeah but he at least got a 15th place finish you know that's gonna get he did, him a few he bucks. did. yeah he, he ran it pretty yeah, hard 14th but. my bad matt kenseth got 15th i'm just glad to see matt kenseth on a chevrolet I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I mean, he's dominated in a Ford. He's dominated in a Toyota. Let's see if he can do it in a Chevrolet. Where's the uh, Where's the next race? The next race will actually be Wednesday, which was uh, the 10th. And that will be uh, at Martinsville. It's going to be the first uh, how night race. Awesome. Okay. How awesome would it be for Bubba to win this race? So, it's not going to be on Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead and call that right now. Hot take. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be rain. on Thursday. I bet it's going to rain Wednesday. Which would be just like the week before. But come on, Fox. Don't do me like you did last week. Don't tell me a thing until I tune in for the live coverage and you give me about 20 seconds of telling me the race is going to be tomorrow. you got to give me more than that. Don't give me a whole two-hour special on stuff. You know, I get that, but give me more broadcast. If you put your shirt on and your suit on and you drove down there just to give me 30 <laughs> seconds, come on. Come on, right? Is this just a hot take or is it, I mean, come on. Don't you see? How awesome would it be? How awesome would it be for Bubba Wallace to win this race, considering Blue Emu, I believe, were the ones that dropped him. They did for rage quitting. For rage quitting a video game. It could happen. It could happen. How awesome is that? (laughs) Uh, One more topic before uh, we end it for for the night uh, and get ready for the next episode: Uh, NASCAR. Way to step it up, NASCAR, with the, uh, you saw, what was it, a pause? So they brought the cars out, gave them start, and they ran, I believe, almost one lap and started them at the start-finish line. And uh, pretty much he can cue the mic and he can speak to all the drivers, which is what he did, uh, and gave a good message, uh, pretty much 
letting everyone know that NASCAR is a sport that is not going to be divided. Which, giving Martinsville's coming up and this whole race equality thing, people think NASCAR is racist. But if you look, NBC or ABC, I think, or 60 Minutes went to uh, Martinsville, I want to say four or five years ago, and tried to bring a bunch of uh, Muslim people in there and tried to get some racist clips. They couldn't get anything. Everyone treated them like normal people. They didn't mess with them. They didn't do anything. I mean, that's just not how race fans are, but they get the culturalization. They even went to Martinsville, which is pretty uh, pretty backwoods. Uh, I mean, they don't... It's yeah, not I don't like <laughs> they, they need went, to go to Bristol. <laughs> I don't think... Bristol's not as bad as Martinsville, I'm pretty sure. Like, I thought it was cool. Uh, NASCAR's got the stigma of being... A redneck racist sport, and uh, you know some of it is earned uh, with Kyle Larson's uh, dumbass comments that he made. Um, so yeah, Boy, good can on that. Can you imagine if he said that comment a month later or something? Like, oh, he would be have... crucified. Oh man, like he is blown. I wonder if it's like kind of you know no one's brought it up, so it must be a little bit blown over. I think I think it's gonna get brought back up. I think Depending it's gonna get brought back up even with. more. Yeah, yeah. But good on NASCAR, like I said, uh, they stepped up and this uh, did not help his they're case. Kinda, they're kind of let's put it like that. This did no, not help did his not. case. No, it did not. You already know my hot take, so uh, let's hear it. But let's hear it. Be... closing hot take. Let's hear it. What do you uh, got? Closing closing hot take. Uh, Kyle Larson's career is over. In in NASCAR. In NASCAR. You're saying pavement because his dirt Cup track series. career. I mean, he was just racing, and then he won a race uh, last week. Before yep. this one. Cup Series. We're talking Cup Series. Okay. His All career right. is over. And my hot take is FSU will not play a single football game this year, as well as. NASCAR is going to race on Thursday. It's not going to race on Wednesday. If I'm wrong, this podcast will already be up, and I won't go back and edit it. And then y'all can just laugh at me right now as my final hot takes. <laughs> right now, right. I'm calling. 